0: Hey, what do you get when you take flu season, changing temperatures, and three Petri dishes at home that we lovingly call kids? I'm going to tell you, you get the cough. You get the plague. Vanessa's got the next closest thing to Ebola, and therefore, I'm not getting in a studio with Mrs. Coughs a lot and losing a lung. So it's just me today. That's okay. Okay.
1: We'll move on. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The
0: standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the
1: standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in.
2: Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event.
1: This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet Magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome everyone to another episode
0: of Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. Unfortunately, not with me today, if you're just tuning in, is my beautiful, wonderful wife, Vanessa. She's normally a very welcome and positive attribute to the show, but she decided to get sick, so she's going to have to deal with that. And that also means maybe we're going to be a little bit more analytical today, be a little bit more specific, and uh, yeah, let's goofing around. So I thought we haven't done a show on annuities in a long time, and I get it, and you may be listening going, oh. Here comes one of these finance guys. But the reason I wanted to talk about an annuity is I've been seeing some trends go on. And as I was looking for some audio, a video to share with you, I stumbled upon who else but my great friend, awesome person, Dave Ramsey. And if you're new to the show, maybe you're thinking, oh great, we'll put Dave on here. It brings up something. And I'm gonna bring a clip on. But when you're getting advice, does it matter what licensing somebody has you know if you were to tune on to like dave here or maybe a ken fisher you can look that up ken fisher they only have well ken let's start with ken because dave doesn't have any licensing i can't find by the way i can't he doesn't have an insurance license i can't find um even a history of him ever having a securities license but that's a different subject but as an example ken fisher he has what's called a securities license it allows him to give advice on things like stocks bonds mutual funds, those sort of things, things in the market. Now, often, and maybe ancillary to that, they'll give advice about different insurance products. And since insurance products tend to be viewed as maybe lower on the regulatory spectrum or guidelines. So, you look at Fisher, he's only got the investment side. And he'll sit there And talk all these negative things. I mean, he he is outright probably one of the biggest, most influential um, voices against annuities. Fisher, he was a Forbes columnist, one of the longest running ever, uh, but recently has been on the news. And I want to keep it clean, but he compared, he was at a conference and I, I don't get it. I don't know how you can be in this industry or any industry right now and not understand there's something called social media, not understand that people have phones that can record, take video. So he gets videoed his remarks at a conference, uh, maybe about six months ago, get taped. And he compares bringing on a new client. And this is important. And I'll I'll bring it back to insurance and annuities here in a minute. He compares bringing on a new client, like picking up a woman in a bar um, for a one night you know what now people that have that kind of mentality would you say it's fair to assume somebody just looking to pick somebody up at a uh, an establishment for a one night um, rendezvous aren't they probably willing to say whatever they need to make that deal happen Is that fair? They'll do whatever they need to do. They'll say whatever they need to say. And if that same person, in Fisher's case, then compares bringing on new clients um, as a similar experience, a similar trajectory, I can't believe this guy. Not only do you think it, not only do you say it, but then that you're so naive that you don't even realize that in the world we live that somebody's going to take a video of that. You're the head of one of the largest advisory firms in the country, and you didn't think better than that? But he's all against annuities. And I've said for years because I wrote an article a few years ago showing how he was one of the largest investors in an annuity-only company. I said, you know, if you want to invest in annuities for your clients into the companies because you think they make a lot of money, you don't become one of the largest shareholders. You become a small shareholder in a lot if you think that the product's that bad because you'd want to be able to get your clients back out. And you can't do that on the stock side. If you're one of the largest shareholders, you can't just liquidate. It would create a frenzy. But if you're willing to say whatever, if you compare bringing on new clients in the advisory world as being that person in a a, you know a restaurant or a bar trying to bring somebody home for one night for a you know game of chutes and ladders, then you're willing to say whatever it takes for that to happen which means you're willing to say whatever it takes to bring in clients, which means when you say all this negative stuff about annuities, maybe you're willing to say whatever it takes for that to happen. And there's a guy locally, he's on the radio, I don't, well he might be on the radio, I see him on TV a lot and he talks about, you gotta keep your, so you gotta keep your money safe. So I got Kent Fisher on one side, Fisher Investments, securities licensed only. Then I go over here, I get this local guy, keep your money safe. He's insurance licensed only. And, you know, he's all about annuities. that's the best thing since sliced bread. Everyone should have one. But this is where the the advice gets skewed. You got somebody who only has a securities license, which technically can't do insurance planning for you. And you got somebody else who's insurance-only licensed, who can't do securities planning for you. Does it make sense that maybe they're a little biased to the advice they're giving you? That maybe they don't like the other thing? And how many organizations have you found that only do one thing and suddenly are really positive about the other like if you went to a boat store and said that you were thinking about a boat or an rv what's the likelihood they're going to tell you the rv was better you may make that choice for yourself but you wouldn't go to the boat store asking information about what the benefits are of buying an rv and you'd be skeptical if you said hey or maybe you'd have a guard up if you said, hey, I'm going to spend this money. It's going to be either on an RV or a boat. You would go to the boat store understanding that they're going to tell you the boat is better because they only do one. Let's take a quick break. Uh, when, in today's show, I, I'm going to use a, a quick thing from Dave Ramsey. I'm not picking on Dave. It's because I think this is the confusing advice you get. He, he gives a great, um, a great example of the common cookie cutter pre-programmed response that you're hearing and is it right then I'm gonna talk about should you buy a shorter term annuity or a longer term annuity and what about the guaranteed income what about safety does it matter how do you use them I think we'll be able to go over this in a way different than we have before but it's been a long time plus in a way that you'll learn quite a bit let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back Everyone knows I like to focus on quality.
2: And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time.
0: Think again. GRmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born
2: go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal.
0: All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX Limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years.
2: And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. 499-4451.
0: Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616-499-4451, 499-4451. Welcome back everyone to the second segment of Fireproof Your Finances. It's always a pleasure. I'm here alone today, so hopefully I'm not just rambling and hopefully I I didn't outline so that hopefully my ADD won't kick in too bad and that will... uh, we will give you some good things to think about. Today, we're talking about annuities. Before the break, uh, we talked about how you don't go to a boat store to find out all the good things about an RV. And then if you went to a boat store and you were going to buy an RV or a boat, you would at least have your guard up when the boat people told you that the boat is better than an RV. You would temper their advice a little bit, wouldn't you? Take it with a grain of salt And we talked about, you know, that that's what happens in this industry. You take some of these large voices out there and they're, they're, well, in Dave's case, not licensed to do any of it. But you take Ken Fisher, he he ran national ads. This was a huge moneymaker for him that said, I hate annuities and so should you. It was a clever ad. But his actions didn't line up with what he was saying. Again, like we talked about before the break, his firm was one of the largest investors, like the top six investor, in an annuity-only company. And the only argument you can make of why they would do that is because he thought, you know, here he is saying, insurance companies rip you off, therefore they make a lot of profit, therefore if we buy their stock, we'll make a lot of profit too. But you don't become one of the largest investors in that. You become a small investor in a bunch of companies because like I said before, when you're one of the largest, you can't get out quickly and quietly. When a large, if, Imagine if the fifth largest or sixth largest shareholder of something tries to sell everything. Number one, you got to find people to buy it. Number two, wouldn't that make other people worried? And those two things, you're greatly increasing the supply, and then you're making people worried about like, what does Fisher know that we don't? So greatly increasing the supply one, not increasing demand low equals lower price. And then a frenzy of what does he know that we don't? Lowers price. So it didn't line up, and I was gonna to go to a video here with Dave, but I'm getting an on. Let's see what it says. Audio rendered error. I guess that's what I get for being in studio alone. But Dave, when he was yelling about this annuity, it's actually titled. If you want to find it, I'll I'll try to remember to put this up on uh, Twitter. It's called "What Is an Annuity and How Does It Work." Um, through here, it really doesn't tell you what an annuity is. It'll tell you, it it uses emotional things. Like Dave focuses on, it's a insurance product created by a life insurance company. And what kind of growth are you going to get from a life insurance company? Well, that's interesting because he goes on to say variable annuities can be fine. Um, And there are times that I've seen Dave recommend variable annuities. But you know, Pacific Life as an example, is a big variable annuity Um, writer. Jackson National Life, a big annuity company. But guess what? They also have fixed rate annuities and fixed indexed annuities. So you're telling me you're discrediting the entire product classification or category because you're saying it's created by these insurance companies that are life insurance companies. And what good can a life insurance company do? What good could they make for something that grows? But yet some of the largest VAs, variable annuities, are built by these life insurance companies actually by the way all variable annuities are going to be an insurance company so you know that itself it's emotional though isn't it doesn't that just make it sound stupid a life insurance company what difference does it make and he says that in a fixed annuity that they're just lousy and he says specifically towards the end it's only a five minute video you should watch the whole thing that there's never a case for fixed annuity so his big complaints were surrender charges okay which is a penalty on the back end to get out early. Lousy returns and tax deferral. So let's start with tax deferral because his argument was never, ever, 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 never. He made it very clear, never buy a fixed annuity under no circumstance by a fixed annuity. Now, remember, David doesn't have a license. Um, can't find that he's ever had a securities license. And I don't remember if I ever found that he had. Nope. I did find that he had at one point a, um, an insurance license, very short period. And it was during his most Busy time, having um, it, when he was in real estate. So we're talking 30 years ago. Put that in perspective. Fixed index annuities didn't even exist. And by the way, fixed rate annuities, like the CD type that he says, had unbelievable rates because, as he says, they they compared to like a CD just a little bit better. Anyhow, and CDs were double digit percentages in the 1980s, which is when he had the license. So start with tax deferral. He says that a variable annuity, and and I hear this, I'm using this. I'm not picking on Dave. This is a common example I hear. You shouldn't buy an annuity because it's taxed inside of an IRA or a retirement account because the retirement account has tax deferral. And when you buy the annuity, it also has tax deferral. So you're paying for it twice. Hmm. Let me ask you this. And I'm going to use a fixed rate annuity. It's just simple. That's why. Let's say that there's a fixed rate annuity. It's 3%. That's what it credits every year, 3%. Not more, not less. It's three. Guess what it is this year? Three. Next year? Three. Next year? Three. That's it, okay? It has tax deferral, meaning you don't pay the tax until you take the money out. It defers. Where's the extra fee? Ask. Call the insurance company. Go, I want to see the fee for this tax deferral. Do you know what you'll get? Oh, we don't have one. Now, the only thing, and I've been talking about this, I've spoke at conferences, I've done radio shows, I've written articles on this. The only thing that I can find that I believe they're calling an extra cost would be the profit the insurance company makes. So like, here's how the basic, the hundred foot level, maybe 500 foot level on how an annuity works. And I'm talking about the fixed world right now. Okay. Fixed rate or fixed indexed. You give the insurance company money, you give them a hundred thousand, they go buy bonds. They know the rate they're going to buy, the, the, those um, bonds will return them, and then they take their spread, what they need to operate their company, and then they give them a remainder back into the product. That's it. So if they can invest and make six, and they need to keep two and a half, you're going to see three and a half, just as an example, into, into your account. So that might be a fixed rate of three and a half. It might be a index where they're spending three and a half. I don't know. Depends on which one you pick. But if you bought a CD and the rate was, say, three percent or three and a half, just so it's the exact same example, if you had a CD and it was three and a half, does the bank make money? Is not the bank taking your hundred thousand and maybe they're getting that five or six percent? They know that it they need two or two and a half to do the things they want to do to keep the lights on to pay their employees. And when they credit that, when they say your CD rate is three and a half, does anybody say, well, it's not really three and a half, Bob. It's really five and a half, but there's a two percent fee. Does that CD have a fee? If you see three and a half percent rate of return, did you have a fee? Where is it? So if the annuity gives you a three and a half percent rate of return and that's just guaranteed, it's fixed, that's what it is, or three percent or whatever number you want to put in there that's appropriate, that's realistic, where's the fee? I am telling you right now, there is not a fee for tax deferral. That brings up how are annuity withdrawals viewed? How are they characterized? Let's take our last break and we'll go over that when we get back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality.
2: And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time.
0: Think again. GRmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born.
2: Go to GRmusiclessons.com. That's GRmusiclessons.com.
1: Puzzled by your retirement options, Legacy Financial Network takes pride in providing comprehensive retirement strategy services to our clients. We review our clients' wills, estate plans, trusts, taxes, and insurance. Our comprehensive services integrate all aspects of our clients' financial picture in a coordinated effort to provide for financial clarity and multi-generational wealth. Visit Legacy Financial Network or give us a call at 855-LF-NETWORK to schedule a consultation today. All right, welcome back to the last segment of Fireproof
0: Your Finances. We're talking about annuities today. I know, I know, everyone's favorite subject. But we in the break, we were talking about, or before the break, we were talking about how things are taxed. By the way, shouldn't we, when we're talking about rate of return, talk about taxes as well? Shouldn't the net rate of return be as important, if not more important than gross? Yeah, all we talk about is gross. Hmm. So your tax deferred accounts, the IRA, the 401k, the employer plans, they're gonna come out as ordinary income, okay? It's always gonna get added to your adjusted gross and you'll be taxed based on what bracket you're in. And we talked about that if you're in the 10 or 12% ordinary income bracket, using current numbers, that your capital gains rate is zero. And if you're higher, if you're in the 22, the 24, your capital gains rate is 15. So there's a savings having your um, your returns taxed as long-term capital gains big savings so why not put after tax dollars in the annuity if we can help it we can't always sometimes we need to achieve safety and we need to use the annuity with after tax dollars but if we can avoid it why would we because the what I've heard all the time is there's there's fees for tax deferral wrong ask for it find out where it is call the insurance company it's wrong why do we want that already have tax deferral inside the annuity. Well, the annuity is going to be taxed. The IRA is going to be taxed as ordinary income. We know that. But what a lot of people don't know is the withdrawals from an annuity, whether it's in an IRA or with after-tax dollars, it will also be taxed as ordinary income. Whoa, 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 whoa. If you didn't catch that, pause. Oh, you can't necessarily pause. You're driving, you can't pause. Don't pause. Keep driving. But the annuity withdrawal, the annuity income always comes out as ordinary income income taxed at whatever rate you're at. So saying that the only, because this is what Dave said, and I'm picking on Dave, I hear this a lot. The only money you should use is after tax dollars. Well, wait a minute. After tax dollars could be taxed as long-term capital gains, yet you're going to make them taxed as ordinary income. We've already said that ordinary income is less preferential. It's higher rate than your capital gain, than your long-term capital gains rate so tax deferral bad argument how about the it doesn't make enough argument to that i say so what are you if you bought a prius would you complain that the prius is boring have you i want you to go if you think that well, i would never buy annuity because it just doesn't make enough it's interesting it's not exciting enough go to the toyota dealership and i'm sorry if you work at one i'm sorry I, i'm not making fun of you but think about it go to the toyota dealership and watch somebody who just test drove a Prius. Here's the reaction you'll never see. Woo! Just got done with my test drive. That Prius was amazing. I can't. Have you ever seen a social media post that read something like this? Just got my new Prius. Wow. Back into the seat acceleration. Cornering like a Ferrari. Have you ever seen that post? I haven't. No one buys a Prius because of the emotional response they get while driving it because they feel like they're a NASCAR driver. Yet a lot of people own Priuses. A fixed annuity, you're right. You're not going to get it and go, whoa, look at how fun that was. Yet there's a lot of reason to have safety. We're, you know what? We're 11 years into the longest bull market we've ever had in the history of the U.S. stock market. Say that again. The longest bull market we've ever had in the history of the U.S. stock market. Maybe now it's time to be a little bit more safe. Remember, a 40% loss will wipe away the last 70% in gains. So this lousy returns. Yep. It's safe. Maybe those are the dollars we need to be safe. And this, well, it's got surrender charges. I've seen so many articles that say, well, here's what you should do. You should get an annuity with surrender charge, the shortest surrender charge. So after that's done, you're good to go. You can just leave it there. That tells me fundamentally somebody doesn't even understand the basic premise of the annuity. Actually, anyone who complains about surrender charges tells me they don't fundamentally understand how the annuity is built. Here's how it's built, I already told you, but put your money with the insurance company. If it's a 10-year annuity, they go buy 10-year bonds, that's it, and then they know the return they're getting, they take a little bit, because they're a business, by the way, and they put the rest in the contract, and you know what that's gonna be. But do we buy an annuity and then keep it after the surrender charge period. Yes, if it's for income, okay? But if it's for accumulation, then I'm gonna tell you, you should be buying a shorter term annuity. Now when you buy a shorter term annuity, like a five year annuity versus a 10, the quote unquote caps, and now I'm talking about the fixed side, okay? I don't have enough time to go, and and I'm specifically talking about, well, I'm talking about fixed rate or fixed index. I don't wanna go into variable annuities today. It, It is far more complicated. Okay, but with a v- variable annuity, I'll just tell you: oftentimes it's misrepresented. It doesn't make it bad. The costs are typically high, but there's ways to use it to overcome those costs, but get those costs as low as possible. That's easy enough. Okay, but it, when it but when it comes to the index side, the fixed side, fixed rate or a fixed index, you'll get better rates with longer term annuities, but you want to look at the guarantee. Because here's what we know. We know when the economy goes bad, when we're in a recession, the Federal Reserve, we should believe, is going to lower interest rates. The, the economy is supposed to be good right now and they're lowering interest rates. So what are they going to do when it's bad? They're going to lower interest rates. They always have. That's my opinion. They, why wouldn't they? It's The economy is good and they're lowering it. So they'll probably lower it when it's bad. Make sense? And history tells us they will. And when they lower those interest rates, insurance companies will make less income. And when they make less income, when their yield goes down, shocker, They pass it on to you they don't absorb that so if you buy a longer term annuity for its better rates its better caps what's the likelihood we have a downturn in the next 10 years pretty good what's the likelihood when that downturn happens that the fed reserve will lower rates pretty good what's the likelihood that when the insurance company makes less money they'll pass that lower yield lower return on to you pretty good so don't buy a long-term annuity Isn't it more likely we have a downturn in the next 10 years than it is five? I think it's going to happen the next five for sure. But I don't want to buy an annuity just because it's better rates and now I'm stuck into it for seven more years. So you buy a shorter term annuity. And then the big question, when it's for accumulation, shorter term, because you got to understand these rates, the non-guaranteed rates are, in my opinion, they're going to drop anyway. So don't buy on rate knowing it's going to drop, right? Then do you keep the annuity after the surrender charge period? This is simple. We know the fundamental way annuity is built. You give the insurance company money, they go by bonds. The longer term the bonds they can buy, the better yield they get. So if it's a five-year annuity, as an example, and they have surrender charges for you to leave, those are a penalty for you to leave within the first five years, they know you're going to probably be there five years. That's a good likelihood. So they buy these bonds for five years and you get past the surrender charge. People go, woohoo, I'm past surrender charge. I'm liquid. Well, how long are you going to stay? How long do they know you're gonna stay? How long can they plan on that you're gonna stay? You might be there five days, five weeks, five months, years, they don't know. And when they don't know, they can't buy as long of a term of a bond. And when they can't buy longer term bonds, they gotta buy much shorter term bonds that reduces their yield. And again, shocker, when they make less, they don't eat that, they pass it on to to you. So people will say, well, I'm gonna keep this annuity because it did really well this last five years. Well, you're out of your surrender charge. Just because it did well the first five doesn't mean it won't do well the next five. So when it comes to income, I'm going to buy a longer term annuity and I'm going to go for better guaranteed income. And I'll keep that one really probably forever. If I do it right, I shouldn't be changing it. But then number two, if I'm using it for accumulation, I want shorter term because I know the insurance, I I believe the insurance company is going to mess with my rates when their yield or their return gets messed with. That's just how it works. Are annuities bad, no. But don't get advice, or maybe the only advice, on whether to buy an RV from the boat guy. Because you know the boat guy thinks boats are better. Maybe if you really wanted to compare the boat versus the RV and you wanted somebody completely non-biased, you'd find a place that represents both. And in our industry, that's what's really hard right now. You get the Yahoo's like the keep your money safe guy here locally. Only has an insurance license. And shockingly, he says the market's all bad. And then you get somebody like Ken Fisher. They only have a securities license. And shockingly, the insurance stuff's all bad. And then you get people who aren't licensed at all. That'd be like taking the advice of somebody on whether you should buy a boat or an RV. And they've never owned one. Or the last boat they owned was a wood boat that they bought 50 years ago. Huh. Huh. So they say, yeah, boats are really high maintenance, huh? Uh, Well, you know, they have this thing called fiberglass now. Or the RV they had was a converted school bus from 50 years ago. Hmm, you know, they have these thing called slide outs now. Shocker, they have bathrooms. So make sure the advice you're getting is thorough and two-sided, not one-sided. On that note, that's all the time we have today been my pleasure. It's been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless.
1: This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Marquis. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow